whoever says, now John's back to that. He's back to that same idea. Some of these people that want to make claims, whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in what? Darkness. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness. That means pattern of life and does not know where he is going. This is Timeless Truth Today, and I'm your host, Matt Williams. Welcome to part two of Pastor Lance Quinn's Loving Others in the Light of God's Love. Using as his text, John the Apostle's first letter to the early Christians, chapter two, verses seven through 11, Pastor Lance informs us that John knows very well the love of God. You see, John was personally with Jesus, his God incarnate throughout his ministry on earth. He and the other disciples actually had their feet washed by their Savior, very close to the time they would see him on the cross, the only man qualified to die for their sins and those of the entire world. Pastor Lance will show us why the apostle refers to Christ's commandment as both old and new. As we see in 1 John chapter 2, the apostle never stopped loving his fellow believers. And he says that if others called themselves Christians, they must do the same. Here's part two of Loving Others in the Light of God's Love. You want to know why we can love one another? Because Jesus Christ died and was resurrected from the dead. Look at John chapter 17, verse 20. He says, I do not ask for these, these disciples only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that, listen to this, the world may believe that you have sent me. Well, how will they believe that you have sent me? Unity. And how is that unity expressed? Through love. Verse 23 of John 17, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me, and I would add, and even as we love each other. That's the mark of the Christian, that we love each other. It will show the world that we are truly unified. Verse 26, I made known to them your name and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. We don't know anything about love apart from seeing it in Christ who loves the Father, who's given that love to us. And my friends, that's a new commandment. Oh, you could wrestle around with all the implications of Leviticus 19 and how you're supposed to love, but when you see it embodied in a person, none other than the perfect person, the Lord Jesus Christ, and through His death and through His resurrection, you are seeing a new kind of commandment lived out that you've never seen before. Oh, it's old, but it's new. It's new. And then there's another, letter B. It's seen through Not just his death and his resurrection, but through his life and ministry. If you're still in John's gospel, look at John chapter 13, verse 1. This is amazing. This is an amazing statement by Jesus. This is why none of us could love this way, but we've seen it through the person of Christ. John 13, 1. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, listen to this, Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end, to perfection, to the utmost. He loved them 
perfectly. I don't care how long you could meditate on Leviticus 19. You can't get that from there. You can't get that from there. And I'm telling you that until the Holy Spirit sheds Christ's love abroad in your hearts and until you and I see the very modeling of the life and ministry of Jesus and how He loved His own disciples to the very end, we don't know any commandment to love. But if we know it, if we see Him live it through His life and through His ministry, we can try to find out a little bit about what love is. Can you imagine making a statement that I loved everyone in my sphere of influence perfectly, to the end, to the utmost? That's amazing. And he even says what he says in John chapter 15, when he tells these very disciples, I love you, don't be alarmed, John fifteen twelve. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than someone lays down his life for his friends. That's how I loved you. That's how I loved you to the end. You want to know a new commandment to love that transcends Levitical law, that transcends even somebody remembering Jesus' teaching, but actually seeing it lived out in the life and ministry of Jesus like John Maybe even some of his readers takes on a whole new meaning when someone says, love others as I have loved you. Well, how did you love? Perfectly. Perfectly. And of course, someone's going to say, I can't, I can't do that. I can't love that way. The Holy Spirit can motivate, can generate a love that may not approximate the perfect love of Christ, but it can give you the sense you can love others. You can. It is possible. It can show you as a mark of the distinctive of Christianity. And he says, letter C, there's another kind of love because of Jesus' modeling of that love and how the Holy Spirit gives us that kind of love. It's in John 14. Just read John 14. Go this afternoon and read John 14. You'll see it. You say, well, it's not going to be possible. I can't do that. You just said you can't love perfectly. But do you know that in Romans chapter 8, it says this, Romans chapter 8, verse 3, by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law, that's loving your neighbor as yourself, Loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and loving your neighbor as yourself in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. You mean to say that the righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled in us, the church, the body of Christ? Yes, when the Holy Spirit is working operatively in the hearts of individual believers so that you and I are loving as we ought. It is possible. The righteous requirement of the law fulfilled in us, not through the flesh, but through the Spirit. It's possible. We can love that way through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John 14, I'm going away and I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit so that when He comes, He's going to help you. And that's to the apostles and by extension, ultimately to ourselves. The Holy Spirit is not going to leave us bereft 
of Jesus' love. The Holy Spirit is going to show us a new kind of love that embodies who Jesus is and what he did and how he lived and how he died and how he was resurrected and how his modeling and his washing of the disciples' feet. If you've ever said like, I have, well, how can I love? How can I reach out to so-and-so? How can I do it practically? What does it look like? The Holy Spirit will teach you how. You don't have to worry. The Holy Spirit will teach you. The Holy Spirit will grab your heart. The Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, will show you lovelessness and will also show you what love truly looks like. And notice even letter D here. The kind of new love that John is envisioning is related to the urgency to love. You say, how so? It's urgent because notice what John says in 1 John 2. The darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. You say, what does that mean? It means this. Jesus came. He died. He was resurrected from the dead. He sent His Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit created by the agency of Christ through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the body of Christ, to be this testimony to the world. And all of that was due to God's plan that the darkness, the darkness of evil and sin and wretchedness in the world would be dispelled by the light so that Jesus, as the light, comes into the world and He's progressively showing, dispelling the darkness of the world by the light of Himself. And so it is true to say that the darkness is passing. It is true. You say, well, the world looks pretty dark to me. Looks pretty wicked, pretty evil, pretty bad to me. And yes, there are even passages that indicate that the world will become worse and worse. But it is true that when Jesus made his stamp upon the world as the light of the world, enlightening every man, and through his death and his resurrection and the modeling of his life and the power of his words and his great humility, the darkness is actually being dispelled. It isn't fully dispelled, but it will be. And the light will truly be ever shining. You say, well, that's That's great theology. And yes, it is true that in John chapter 12, Jesus himself said, the light is among you for a little while. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become sons of light. I've come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness Yes, the darkness is being dispelled, but it is true that there's an urgency for all of us to live as shining lights in the world to continue to dispel the darkness because guess what? There are so many more people in darkness for whom the light needs to dawn. For those people who need the glorious light of the gospel, are you being used in their life to help dispel the darkness? you talking to people about Christ? Are you showing them what John says here, that the darkness is passing away and the true light is shining? That's one way that you can express love, this new commandment. Share with everyone that the darkness is passing away and the true light is shining. How is it? Christ is that light and that light enlightens every man. And Christ is shining His light upon you through your understanding of the gospel. And somebody's going to say, yeah, but John 12 says that God has for some not enlightened their eyes. They have darkness. They don't understand the truth. They're continuing to walk in the darkness. Yes, but for those whom God in His wonderful matchless grace opens their eyes to understand 
they can understand that while the darkness is passing, the true light is shining. Christ is here. We're we're in the dispensation for which we know these truths about the cross. How would you have liked to have loved from Leviticus 19.18? Knowing nothing about Christ. Knowing nothing about His light. Knowing nothing about the cross. Knowing nothing about regeneration. Knowing nothing about what happens when someone has eternal life by believing and repenting of their sin and believing in Christ. You ought to tell somebody about that. You ought to let somebody know about that. That's the darkness passing away and the light shining. You ought to share with somebody, 1 John 1, 5, that God is light in whom there is no darkness at all. You ought to share with them that God, being light, who is invisible and we can't approach Him because He lives in unapproachable light, that He has given us a word, a word of revelation, that Jesus Christ is the light of the world, that He enlightens every man, and that Jesus is the representative of the Father. He's the exact representation of His nature, and that when Jesus Christ came to this earth, it was for the purpose of destroying the works of the devil so that the darkness would indeed continue to pass away and that the light would continue to shine. That's the word of the gospel. That's a word you need to be talking with others about. You say, well, how do I do that? How do I do that? I'm scared to witness. I'm scared to evangelize. Well, guess what? We have a class going on right now for that very purpose. You say, well, it's, it's more than just sharing a word of the gospel. It is. And, you know, speaking to others about Christ is monumentally important. But you know what's of even greater importance than that? It's how we love one another. For did not Jesus say, John 13, verses 34, 35, the world will know that you're my disciples if you, what? Have love for one another. The greatest evangelistic outreach that you and I could possibly have is not simply and only going out there. It's showing who we are in here. Not just in this building. In here. In your heart. That's the greatest evangelistic tool. That's, that's what he's saying. In fact, look at outline point number three. The true test of dark walkers. Now, I'm not criticizing anybody with the last name of Walker. I'm simply saying this is a way that we can understand the opposite of what we've been talking about. Look at verses 9 and 11 of 1 John 2. Whoever says, now John's back to that. He's back to that same idea. Some of these people that want to make claims. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in what? Darkness. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness. That means pattern of life and does not know where he is going. Why? Because the darkness has blinded his eyes. You know, one of the ways to negate the gospel, one of the ways to circumvent the gospel, one of the ways to impede the progress of the gospel is to be one of those who's a dark walker. You say you're in the fellowship. You say you love Christ. You say you're in the faith. As so many of them did here in John's day. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. In fact, 
Even some of those who separated themselves and they're calling from across the fence and they're saying, you ought to come over here. You ought to be a part of us. We're a part of the true. They're a part of the false. And John says, here's a true test to know whether you're truly in the light. Do you walk in darkness? And he further defines, doesn't he, what that darkness looks like and what is it? Hatred. Hatred. That's what he says. Look at what he says in chapter 3, verse 16. By this we know love. John's so clear. By this we know love that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. You know why the dark walkers were like they were? Because they really had hatred in their hearts. And somehow that hatred manifested itself, and somehow it manifested itself in a way that John would be able to contend with their claims that they were a part of the true and that you ought to come over and join us. And he says, very bluntly, look at their lives, I'm telling you people. Look at their lives. They're nothing but hate mongers. They are dark walkers. Know their hearts by their deeds, by their actions. Don't just think that you know somebody by their words. Look at their deeds. Look at their lives. Look at their words. Look at their actions. How are you doing in this love test? I mean, survey your life. Look at your life. Do you, as a pattern of life, love or hate? Just evaluate it. It's the Holy Spirit works His work of conviction in your soul. Do you love as a pattern of life or do you hate? The clarity of, of, of John's answer is profound. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in the darkness. And whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Don't, don't be blind to the reality of where you are. Are you a dark walker? Here's how you know. Do I have hatred in my heart for those around me? Is it a pattern of hatred? John says, I want to tell you who the true really are. Look at outline point number four, the true test of light abiders. Verse 10. Here it is. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. That's how you know. Does somebody want to know, have the assurance, the certainty that they're in the kingdom, that you love Christ, that you're on your way to heaven? Here's the test. Here's the gauge. It's not the ground, but it is the gauge. The ground is the cross. The gauge is this. Do I love the brothers? Do I love them? The ones who love their brothers and sisters in Christ are the ones who abide in Him, remain in Him. And I love the way John puts it here. Whoever says he's in the light, but he hates his brother, is in the darkness. But whoever loves his brother abides in the light, remains in the light, it's like Paul saying, being in Christ and in Him, in the light, in Christ, 
There's no cause for stumbling. I mean, the, the metaphor is, is rich here. What's happening to somebody who's in the abject darkness? Doesn't have light for the way. He stumbles. He falls. And what does that mean? He's got hatred in his heart. The reason why he's stumbling, the reason why he's in the darkness, the reason why he doesn't know where he's going is because he has hatred in his heart. Christ is not working there. Christ is not loving through him. He doesn't see the cross. He doesn't see death and resurrection as a way for him to see how to love others. He doesn't see the modeling of Christ. He may even be one of those for which when Christ washes the feet, he says, yeah, and here's what else you need to do for me. And by the way, this isn't fair, whatever this is. Oh, and by the way, people are just not loving me as they ought. Oh, and another thing, and the list is endless because his focus is on himself. But whoever loves his brother, do you see how other-focused that is? Whoever loves his brother, he abides in the light. He's in Christ. And in Christ, who is the light, the darkness is dispelled and the road is clear and I can see to take my steps and I have guidance and I have assurance and I have all of the hope in the world. It's not really hard after that to figure out ways to love your brother. Not hard at all. You just look around, see the needs around you and say, I need to do that. I need to take care of that. I want to love in that way. Now, might it be so that some people say, well, I I don't know that that's the pattern of my life. I know that there are times when I love and there are times when I hate. That's what John is saying. Remember, he's absolute. He's black and white. He's saying, are you a part of the truth abiders, the light abiders? Remember what he says? Just in the passage that we studied last week, are you a part of the commandment keepers? Are you a part of the commandment breakers? It's very absolute. And someone says, I'm not sure. I don't know. Well, why don't you do this? Why don't you bow your heads with me? And why don't you listen to how John speaks and I'll allow the Holy Spirit to convict or to confirm love in your heart. Listen to 1 John chapter 3, verse 11. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. You're listening to Timeless Truth Today. Pastor Lance opened today's teaching by answering his own question, quote, Why can we love one another? Because Jesus Christ died and was resurrected from the dead, end quote. John's own gospel, written following Jesus' death and resurrection, records Jesus' words to his disciples shortly before his arrest at their Last Supper. Quote, By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. End quote. Had Jesus not gone to the cross, the Last Supper would not have happened. During that supper, Jesus made clear the way for his disciples to reach all people. And that was by demonstrating their love 
to their fellow believers. Do you believe in Christ Jesus as Savior? If so, we need to have a loving spirit toward other Christians. Timeless Truth Today is a teaching ministry of Pastor Lance Quinn, a listener-supported outreach of Bethany Bible Church in Thousand Oaks, California. To know more about loving other believers, visit our website, timelesstruthtoday.org, timelesstruthtoday.org. On the homepage, select Broadcasts, and there you'll find Pastor Lance's treasury of teaching archives. If you're in the area and not part of another Bible-believing church, come worship with us this Sunday at 10.30 a.m., We're located at 200 West Bethany Court in Thousand Oaks. There's also the live stream. Find the link on the church homepage, bethanyto.org. Come Monday, we're into a new series with part one of The Revealed Righteousness of God from Romans chapter one. I'm Matt Williams. Hope you have a great weekend and thank you for listening to Timeless Truth Today.